Welcome to Transcendent. I'm Joe, and I'm the dad. And I'm Raya, and I'm the daughter. We wanted to talk a little bit about education and LGBTQ plus issues in education. We thought, what better person to talk to than somebody that has recently gone through the whole education and is currently teaching children right now. Junior high kids. And younger. Yes. Uh, we have my daughter, back by popular demand, Megan Jones. That's and me. my granddaughter, I might add. <laughs> I guess that's how that works. So, no, yeah, I am a substitute teacher. I teach for a couple different school districts. I cannot speak as to high school, but I have worked now um, for the past year in three different middle schools and a couple different elementary schools. And that was by choice for you, that you, you decided that you were going to take a year and teach in multiple schools rather than taking one position. So you have a, a, a window into schools much wider than just one teacher that teaches in one context. Yeah, I would say so. I definitely, ha I mean, I did do my student teaching. That was about five to six months that I did uh, in a middle school. Let's talk first here about your background in terms of your education. You, so you're coming out of the current education of how they're training teachers right now. Would you talk a little bit about LGBTQ issues or LGBTQ plus that are being taught in the classroom right now to train future teachers? Oh, for sure. There's a couple things. I definitely remember there's not enough. There's never enough. But a lot of our education classes, we had to take, like, we had to take stuff on Native American culture, which I didn't get from anywhere else. All the professors were pretty open about that. And I, I'm not going to lie. I don't think we had too many... We didn't have like a specific class where we had to talk about how to handle situations that might come up in our classroom regarding LGBTQ plus kids and maybe behaviors of other kids around that, which is really unfortunate because, I mean, there's so much that you have to cover in the education system, but the things that they do cover, sometimes you're just like, why, why didn't you add like a couple couple things in there of that so that when it does come up in your classroom you know how to handle it but you but you you did get some though is that i mean you didn't have a specific class at all but i imagine that it would come up in conversations from time to time or um yeah a couple times where you have to take a reading block where you just take classes that teach you how to teach kids how to read and then math block and then science block so i remember we were in reading block and one of our teachers what our professors was showing us different books that we can use that were like picture books that we could use as read alouds to really bring some more inclusion into our classrooms because a lot of the curriculum it's I want to say bland is the right word where there's not much diversity in some of the curriculum now it depends on the school you go to now I'm curious because oftentimes when when those kinds of things come up we're getting dangerously close here to sort of the wider culture war and the way that our country is divided so strongly and you know many parents feeling like I don't want teachers teaching these values to, to my kids. I want to be able to impart my own values. And I think for you, as we talked a little bit about last time, you've kind of straddled the divide between that two 
um, having had both a conservative parent and now a more left-leaning parent and gotten to experience some of that yourself. Do you have any thoughts on oh, for the place sure. of a teacher? And uh, So I, I think my opinion is not, I would like to think it's not that very controversial. And I've seen other teachers uh, say that they say this exact same thing. We will maybe uh, tell you what it is, right? Because I have met kids uh, before who don't know what LGBTQ plus means. And I'll go through like a brief little snippet of what it means specifically. And then um, I've heard other teachers say they just leave it at that or whatever. I usually say, and you know what? Some people think that it is really wrong. Um, and some people think that there's nothing wrong with it at all. And I said, that is not for me to tell you. That is for you you to decide it. And you can ask your parents about it and what your parents believe. Um, and But the biggest thing that you have to remember, this I always make sure I tell this, the thing you have to remember is that those are still people, regardless if you agree with them or not. And you need to treat them the way you would want to be treated regardless. And I feel like that's a good way to handle it because you're not you're not telling them this is a good thing or this is a bad like you're you're trying to keep it neutral and you're trying to be like well regardless of how you feel we're not going to go around spreading hate. We're still going to show people around us love and kindness. In preparation for this podcast you and I spoke about it a little bit, and you told me that it's really quite prevalent in uh, junior high that the subject comes up a lot. Uh, that there's 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 a lot going on there, even down into sixth grade and in in those areas. And we were going to talk about that, and then also about how the staff treats the students, yeah, or how they're directed to treat the students. It it depends on the junior high. Some middle schools, like I go, there's one that I go to that is in a smaller town and their middle school, I have not seen, I, I, I haven't been in that middle school as much, so I can't say that there is none, there is no LGBTQ kids plus kids in there, but I have not personally met any, and even if they did, I feel like it's a much harder situation for them to come out into because it is... It's it's like the kind of town that I grew up in where it's very small, everyone knows everyone kind of town. So there I feel like it's it's a lot less talked about whereas when I go into like the Green Bay area into the bigger schools um I definitely see it a lot more. Now when I'm substitute teaching, I don't get to see it. I don't have as big of a relationship with the students. So I don't see it as much but I can talk from my student teaching position the school that I was at for student teaching um it was a smaller school but they were much more uh accepting and a lot of the kids had been there since probably kindergarten and it goes from kindergarten like pre-k all the way up through eighth grade and there were definitely some kids there who did come out and say, you know what, I don't really want to go by the name that's on the roster anymore. Can you call me this? Um, and there... May I ask with those yes. kids, are they generally, uh, were they generally um, 
binary trans people or non-binary or what kind of or just a different name i just w- would like to be called this nickname or yeah what? so so they mainly just said a name like i just want to change my name um and there's a few instances where uh we had two kids who uh actually like started to fully transition one was already fully transitioned and the other one started while I was there. And this was how old? What grade? This would have been seventh grade. Seventh grade. Yeah. So one of them, the uh, the parents, the parents knew about this one kid when I came in. Uh, the parents already knew. They were very supportive, from what I could tell, um, and they were doing really, really good. And they had a good support group and good friends. Uh, and I think. The teachers there were all really great about, I think all the teachers there are really great about being supportive and trying to, you know, trying to use the pronouns and the names that the kids have given them. So if a kid comes up and says, hey, I really don't want to go by this name. Can you call me this name? They were really good about switching to that name when we start talking about children transitioning is where a lot of people start to check out and say that's you had me right up until then whatever an adult does is fine with me but a child transitioning makes me really nervous how do you feel about that as a teacher you talked a little bit about how when people have questions how you answer that how do you deal with a child who's transitioning there's a couple things i want my classroom to be a safe space for all students. So if a student comes up to me and says, I would like to be called by these other pronouns, I'm going to say, okay, I'm, I'm going to do that because I want this to be a safe space for them. Uh, I, I know you talked about in a previous episode about how suicide rates for LGBTQ plus youth are quite a bit higher than for like any of the average youth, I guess. Um, and I definitely think that's true. I think their mental health can definitely deteriorate deteriorate a lot if they are not feeling supported or wanted. And if they don't have somewhere to go to, I mean, some of those kids I know couldn't go home and say, hey, mom, I want you to call me this different name. So they could only really do it at school. Uh, and, and going along with that, there are, with those kids who do have that they come to us and they say, I want a different name and I want these different pronouns. We were always, me and my cooperating teacher, we were always very careful when we were talking to the parents. If we didn't know that this kid had told the parents, we were very careful not to out them. We avoided pronouns in our emails and when we were talking to them in person um, and uh, tried to avoid like, saying the wrong name in front of them as well, which is kind of tricky sometimes, but you never know which parent is going to be the parent that's going to, like, abuse their kid when they hear about it or kick their kid out on the street if they hear about it. So trying to give those kids a safe space at school um, was really important, at least to me and to all the teachers I was working with. Uh, The question I have, you talk about a safe space for the kids. How were they treated by the other kids? Um, I never saw anything that I would consider to be any sort of hateful. Uh, But that's just what I saw. I can only see what happens inside my own classroom. I can't see anything that happens, uh, you know, in the hallway. 
or in the lunchroom. I don't know what happens in, or outside on the playground. I, I don't know what happens there. Uh, but I never saw anything within my own classroom. But we should say as well, so the fact that you didn't see anything and these are children that are obviously out, that in and of itself says something. I can't imagine, Dad, you or I in our generations having somebody come out and having the teacher say, I don't notice anything. I don't see anything. I am sure that in our generations, you absolutely as a teacher would have seen something. So... I'm sure that there may still be things. I can't imagine that things are perfect. So I'm curious, though, then about for those kids, the issue that makes people really uncomfortable is when we start talking about bathrooms. And as we get a little bit older, we're talking about locker rooms. But for your age, you're probably not dealing with locker rooms quite as much. Do you know what they're doing at this point? They they went into the bathrooms that they were assigned like the, their sex they were signed at birth is what I think. Um, I know, like, I, I can't re- remember if that school had a gender-neutral bathroom, but if they did, they would have used the gender-neutral bathroom. I think if it had become a problem, they would have let them use the teacher's bathrooms, too, as well. I think the thing there was all the teachers were really supportive, so the kids knew that they couldn't get away with saying anything. Megan, what advice would you have for a parent who's trying to navigate how they can best help their children through this? And I'll give you an example. My hairdresser will sometimes tell me about her son who came out as gay back when he was, I don't know, 11 or 12 years old. And now he is 15 or 16, I think, and and he is fully out to everyone. And you know, he has pretty successfully navigated that whole transition. But when he was first coming out, she had a lot of difficulty to figure out how do I, how do I best help my son? Do you have any advice? Obviously not as a parent, but as somebody that's in the education system, is there ways that parents can help their children to work through this? Well, I would definitely uh, have a conversation with maybe their teachers. Um, They, they see a lot of your kid that you don't get to see. Uh, they see sides of them at school that you don't see at home. Uh, kids are very different people at school than they are at home, I've learned. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's so many times where I'm like, oh my gosh, your kid was so amazing. And they're like, why can't you be like that at home? <laughs> <laughs> sort of thing. Um, so yeah, ki- you you only get to see that one side of that kid. So having a conversation with your the teacher, and I mean, we as teachers can only say so much, but just letting the teacher know that you are completely supportive of whatever your kid, wherever your kid is at. Uh, so if they do come out, let them know that you're completely comfortable if they want to, like, change pronouns. Or if if you have a concern about this, you can email me about it. I'm completely supportive uh, so that the teacher knows that uh, they can com- ha- more freely communicate with you, if that makes sense. Have you had any stories? Now, you, you have more than just your student teaching and your, your subbing every day. You also build long-term relationships through, through your summer camp where you have a lot of the kids coming day after day. So you have a lot of experience with a lot of different kids. Yes. Do you have any, um, any examples of some stories that have come up that you would feel comfortable sharing without revealing too many details oh. about the kids themselves, obviously? I, I mean, there's one time I can think of a kid who was uh, 
I was substitute teaching at a bigger school. And middle schoolers and high schoolers, they both use the word gay as an insult all the time. Oh, my gosh, that's so gay. Your notebook is gay. They sound exactly like that, too. Um, And I had a student do that. And I said, okay, please stop that. Not appropriate right now. Um, And I said, we're going to have a conversation about it. And afterwards, I pulled him over and I said, so why did you say that? And he said, I don't know, because it was was something that was stupid or something like that. I was like, so you were using it as a bad word. And he said, well, yeah. And I was like, why do you think I would ask you to stop using it? And he said, I don't know. He he didn't understand. Like to him, it was just like whatever. And I said, okay, well, think about it this way. You have a pretty big school, okay? Um, there are so many kids in here in this classroom. There's like, t- you know, 20, 25 kids in this classroom and um, much, much more in the whole school. I said, how many of those do you think are LGBTQ? And he said, well, I don't know. And I said, well, there's probably at least quite a few. When you're saying that and you're using that as a derogatory word, you could really be affecting someone. So now this is supposed to be a safe space for everyone. I want everyone to feel welcome in here. When you use that as an insult, you're telling that person, I don't think you're welcome here. The way you identify is a word that also means stupid to me. And I said, you can't use that. And he said, oh, I didn't know that. And I I don't know. Maybe afterwards he just rolled his eyes and, like, went back to his friends. And maybe he's still saying it. Or maybe... Maybe he realized, you know, maybe that isn't a word that I should be using like that, if that makes sense. So you, what I'm hearing from you is that you're, you're really working on the aspect of we just want to make this a welcoming environment for everybody, just like we would want to make it welcoming for people that have different religious views or different political views than we might have or different uh, anything else, anything that's different, different um, uh, racial minorities that you would want to make sure that there's no slurs that are being spoken about any of those groups because those kids have every right to be there and you just, you LGBTQ issues come right in that same category. Right, and I would like to say that every interaction I have with kids where they use like a derogatory word like that or in a way that is derogatory, I would like to say every conversation goes like that and obviously it doesn't. Um, there are times when I'm teaching and all I can say is knock it off, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, you know, every teacher has to have a teaching philosophy, uh, because when they apply to different schools, you have to give them their teaching philosophy. And I've always written my teaching philosophy as I want a welcoming and safe classroom for all my students. Now I only have a year and a half of experience at schools so far, and none of them was like a full year of actually teaching. So I can't really speak to all educators, just, you know, what has happened in my year and a half. Some of you listeners out there might think, well, big deal. What is only a year and a half? But I can tell you one of the things I've experienced in my work life is that when people first come into a workplace, as new people there, they see things that those who have been there for years just ignore. They really 
begin to see it in a whole new light. And it's for that reason that a perspective like this is really worth listening to. They see things that should be done, and they see things that should not be done. And other people just become immune to the whole process. Now we'd like to shift gears and talk just a little bit about education in college. Now for you, you've just, you've been recently out of college, but you've just kind of gone through, and while you're not LGBTQ plus yourself, you don't identify um, as somebody, but you do identify as an ally. Yes, I would agree. And For sure. And you did spend a fair amount of time with, in the Pride Center and with the LGBTQ plus community. Uh, would you talk a little bit about how education for LGBTQ plus issues is in, in college right now for, uh, for students? Well, I would say the, the big thing UWGB does that I think is really great is they make sure that they, they advertise the Pride Center a lot. And if you ever take a tour, they're going to show you where it is because it's important. Um, and the Pride Center puts on a lot of events. They have support groups for students. Uh, they try really hard to make their space, again, very welcoming space for everybody. Um, and they have, they do have a professor in there who is kind of the head of it. And they have interns who work in there and organize stuff. They even have a quiet room where you can go in if you just need, like, someplace quiet to just sit and, like, collect yourself sort of thing, which is very cool. Um the other cool thing I think that they offer there that was really utilized a lot by the people who are in the Pride Center and also myself uh, was that uh, they a lot of colleges now offer free counseling services. And I, I mean, mental health, health is a big uh, problem with my generation just in general, but especially with LGBTQ plus college kids. Um, I mean, most everyone I knew had some sort of mental health problems, but a, a lot of those uh, people that I knew were working through, you know, who am I as a person? Or um, how do I deal with coming out to my family and stuff? So uh, counseling, those support groups were really amazing. The other cool thing that they offer is they have housing specifically for those students so that you don't have to worry if you're going to be put with a roommate who is, um, who is, yeah, who is right. transphobic, transphobic or, or, homophobic or, or homophobic. You don't have to worry that they're not going to spew hate at you right so you have very it, they have very inclusive housing also the the good thing about that is if you do transition and quite a few people there had um you don't have to worry about oh do i have to go into all female housing even though i present as a man now or the other way around like you don't have to worry about that at all because they have this housing and in this housing the housing is really nice I wanted to get in the housing just because the housing was really amazing. And it's like a full apartment and you've got your own room and there's like two bathrooms or one bathroom or something like that. And it's like a full apartment. Just another good indication that no nobody can choose this because here 
if you could have chosen it, you would have bought in the better room. <laughs> right. No, they were they they were like the nice apartments that were usually only reserved for juniors and seniors. Um, but like my good friend who was uh, who identified as LGBTQ was got into the housing so that she could be somewhere that was more, you know, um, comfortable, safe, um, and accepting. Yeah. Well, thank you, Megan. You brought a lot of insight into this. I know there are people out there with questions. And as always, if you've got questions, you can email us at transdescended.com. Try transcendent at gmail.com. <laughs> Thank you. That's even better. Yeah. <laughs> Try them both and see which one works. <laughs> and wherever you get your podcasts, it, it, please do hit that subscribe button, whether you listen to your podcasts on iTunes or on Spotify or on, um, oh, what's the other big one? Uh, iTunes? iTunes and Spotify, and <laughs> no. the one that I'm thinking of is, I can't remember Pandora. it. Well, when you know what it is, email us at <laughs> trendyscendant at gmail.com, <laughs> and, and, uh, and that'll help us to remember it. And yes, and, and subscribe uh, there. That really does help uh, help out a lot, and we will talk to you next week. <laughs>